0: Hi everyone, welcome to the first ever interview that we are doing on the Traveling Pony Podcast. I'm really excited to have our first guest, which is Madison Rose. Madison has an absolutely incredible facility down in Ocala, Florida, where she specializes in young horses and putting together perfect matches during the shopping experience. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording this with Madison. And yeah, it's the first interview and you know from here there will only be more. And I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to be on the podcast. You are our first guest ever on the Traveling Pony podcast. So it means a lot for you to take your time and you know come out here and talk to me. And I wanted to congratulate you on all of your great rounds at the Young Jumper Championship. I have really enjoyed watching them on Facebook. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so let's just jump straight into the first question. For anyone who doesn't know you, who are you and where are you based out of?
1: My name is Madison Rose. I am originally from the Chicagoland area, and I am now based in Ocala, Florida.
0: So can you tell me a little bit more about maybe your facility? What do you kind of offer? I know that I've seen on your Facebook that you also kind of offer for people to come down from up north and have their horses at your place for, you know, the uh, winter circuits and everything. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so we are actually, we were originally situated on 13 acres, but we ended up buying six more next door. Um, We are putting up two new barns, so our facility will have 32 stalls total. We're about 10 minutes from the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, which is super convenient. Um, We do offer dry stall boarding, so rentals, uh, for the circuit, for people to come kind of from wherever uh, in the country, out of the country, to have a really nice relaxing place away from the show and get some turnout and kind of continue their daily training outside of the show if they're there long term. Uh, our stalls are basically exact replicas of wax, same doors, same mats. We have auto waterers. Uh, we have a really nice arena with show jumps, just like Wax. So it's kind of the show away from show. Um, so we're really excited to have these new barns up and, and be able to open it to renters. We do full care boarding, full training, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. Well, and I know that
0: especially down there, like, if, you know, if you're at WEC for however many weeks for the winter circuit, it is definitely nice if you can also get away from the show. Right. <laughs> and not be there every single day out of the week. Let your horses have some turnout and just get away from all of that stress. Because you know, horse shows can be
1: a little bit stressful for
0: everyone involved.
1: Absolutely. And our our farm in the neighborhood um, you know, 10 minutes away, it's super quiet. It's mm-hmm. a horse community. There's no loud neighbors, anything wild going on. So it, it really is a good rest and recovery place for these horses that are, you know, competing at any level they need, you know, mental stimulation and a mental break. Um, so when you're there for, I think it's like 12 weeks, Yeah. um, and walking them that far to all those paddocks every day, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people end up skimping out on enough turnout time because you can only rotate them so much. So it's really nice to be able to just get away and give them that break.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. No, you're you're making me want to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to go to Florida. I'm pretty certain the weather is way nicer now than it is this morning. Whew, it's a little cold here. So from what I've seen, you know, I follow you on, I think, TikTok, because I know you have a TikTok. Yes. Um, I'm Facebook friends with you and everything. It seems like you have really created and you really have just a great program based around your young horses, particularly your young jumpers, because I know you were just up in Michigan. So what exactly made you have a focus in these younger horses? You know, was it the fact that you can kind of – take maybe some horse that doesn't have much confidence and, you know, produce them off the rakes and really see them grow. I mean, what was the reason why you kind of focused on that?
1: Kind of a bit of both. Um, You know, I believe every professional rider or trainer really needs to find a niche in this industry since it's such a wide variety of where you can kind of fit in. Definitely. Um, since I was a junior rider, I worked with a lot of off-track thoroughbreds, problem horses, horses with quirks, stops, spooks, kind of everything. And I just decided I'd rather raise the winners than ride the winners. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I kind of fall into the professional category. What I really love to go, you know, do the Grand Prix that's obviously a future goal, but I really, really love taking the time and I take a lot of pride in the process I've created in my program. I want to establish a great foundation for these horses so that they can thrive in their future career and not bounce around home to home. So yes, it's really yeah. important to me to make sure that they are 100% ready and fit for that home so they don't get used for, you know, a small portion of their athleticism and then passed along when someone's ready for something else. So for me and my program, a perfect match is very crucial. Mm-hmm. And
0: that that is really key because i feel like you know i do a little bit of the sales too and it's so often that you see these horses you know go places and then i don't even know six months down the road maybe even less time you know next thing you know you go on facebook or you go on a website like big eck and there they are again for sale so it's definitely yeah it's and it's hard too because like you say like you really want to try
1: and find them the
0: absolute best position as possible
1: absolutely it's it's very critical because when they're young like that and to be bouncing around, it eventually just starts to deteriorate all of their training because you made the foundation so good. And then they get one rider that rides, everybody rides different and everyone's training programs different and they got to be able to take and be tailored to it. When they bounce around like that, they end up not being really great older horses because they're so confused.
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, I think everybody knows who uh, sells horses or even a trainer that, you know, so many people, I feel like especially now with how the horse market is and, you know, just how much these horses are, so many people want to take these green people, like, you know, people don't know Mm -hmm. that much and then put them on green horses and (laughs) it just never goes well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, you know, I think there's a very fine line of growing together. Yeah. You know, I think a, a green rider really needs something seasoned to grow themselves in order to help a horse grow. Also, um, I just don't I'm not a big believer in the growing together um, mm-hmm. phase because it doesn't always end well um, on the horse's end because the rider's always going to grow and the horse can always go backwards. Um, so i i just believe you know there's a place for every horse and rider and that match is out there somewhere you just have to take the time to shop for it
0: definitely definitely and that's something i think especially nowadays with so many of these green horses some people just seem to be in such a rush you know yeah sometimes a four-year-old is going to be more in their price range than you know something more seasoned and they don't want to wait so definitely and it's Think much harder, like you said, much harder for the horses than it is for the people.
1: Definitely, and you know, I think a big thing too, you know, touching base on the horse sale topic. Um, I th- I do also think age is a number, which kind of contradicts, but there are young horses out there that do have old souls and can be suitable for someone that is a green rider. But it really is up to the seller and the trainer to discuss that if that's something that that rider's ready for or that horse is ready for so you know for example I have a really great horse that's five and it's pretty much a packer at this point um (laughs) that I would consider good for a green rider but that's rare it's rare
0: oh definitely and you know Sometimes not everyone is going to be super upfront, and um, that can always cause some issues too. But I think I actually know which horse you're talking about. Yes, the, yes. if it's the five year old I've seen on Facebook, it's adorable.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he's he's seriously something else. He he is an old soul. He's a packer. He's I would put you know a kid coming off a pony on him. But I'm gonna say that I you know, but I'm not gonna say that about another five year old. I may have. It's just. It really is a rare situation and it does come along, but you got to be able to tell what's the real deal and what's really not. Yes,
0: exactly. Especially to just get that perfect pair like you were talking about. Yes. So I know you were just in Traverse City, Michigan for the Young Horse Championships because I, you know, I saw some things and I saw you did plays. So that's, that's great. So can you explain to me how that experience was for yourself and your horse? You know, I bet. Just knowing how it is in the South, it was probably a little bit of a shock with the weather change, I would guess.
1: (laughs) Yes. um, My horse was a lot more flighty up there, given (laughs) the cooler temperatures, Um, which is fine. I like him a little bit more like that. Um, Mm -hmm. To be honest, Traverse City was fairly overwhelming for my horse and I. Um, It was my very first Young Horse Championship. Um, I've never been to Traverse City ever so traveling that far and pulling my horse myself that far, um, was very stressful. Um, and my horse was equally overwhelmed. Uh, it was just, you know, I bought him last year, December, and he has never horse showed before I got wow. him. So, um, we pretty much lived at Weck since I bought him. Um, <laughs> and he's never been at any other venue. So it was very overwhelming to him being a spooky horse by nature. Um, so he was, you know, with the flags, the crowd, they have the VIP tent and the party and, you know, it was a lot for him. Um, and you know, I haven't really advertised this much, but, um, about two months ago, he had some health issues that we were Mm -hmm. trying to overcome. So I'm actually really proud of how he performed. It didn't go exactly the way I planned, but You know, I think he put in his best effort day one and jumped Mm -hmm. great. And then, you know, they're setting these, these courses at meter 30 for these six-year-olds. It's a lot to ask for them. So, and traveling 1300 miles away from home and everything's new and wow to these young horses, it's, it's very overwhelming, but I had a really great time. I learned a ton. My horse learned a ton. I, rode with some really great riders and great competition. And I'm definitely going to return next year. I don't know if it's going to be in Trevor City, but I'm going to bring probably, given that if they're not sold, the, the group of five-year-olds that I do have um, mm-hmm. to the six-year-olds and then the six-year-old to the seven-year-olds.
0: Yeah, no, I've Never been up to Traverse, too, but I've seen lots of um, pictures and everything, you know, from junior finals. And I've known a lot of people who have gone up there. But it does. It looks like it would just be a very daunting place to go to. Just a completely different atmosphere.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, WEC, it just – I know there's a lot of horses that don't like to show at WEC, but Mm -hmm. mine particularly really loves it because it's very similar to our facility. Um, Like I said – you know, previously, it's like a show away from show. So my horse really likes whack. He liked it there, but I really think he jumped his top form and his best effort day one. You're jumping mm-hmm. four days wow, on a six-year-old at meter 30. That's a lot to ask of them. So I'm, I'm happy how it went. It didn't go identically to how I planned, but that's fine. That's horses. That's young horses. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days.
0: Oh, yeah, especially on something that's that young. And like you said, that's a lot of that's a lot of jumping on something that young. I mean, it's hard to, you know, be at home. You can't necessarily be jumping them, you know, meter 30 you know four days a week every single week to get in compared so yeah it is it is completely different it's a different monster but yeah I saw I think I saw your videos from the first day um and he looked like he was
1: jumping the moon (laughs) yeah that's his typical fashion he doesn't like to touch rails he's very scopy and and sometimes Mm -hmm. it runs us into a little bit of trouble which obviously happened day two um (laughs) He jumps so big that he can't jump out. <laughs> out yeah. So it gets a little difficult for him, but that's young. That's getting him getting greened up, and um, that's only going to go better with time. So oh, yeah. He has a great exactly. future ahead of him. Yeah, no,
0: he looks so good. And I do have to ask you, because I was watching the videos – how tall is he? I mean, are you on a smaller size? Like he looks
1: massive. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually four foot ten and like oh. barely a hundred pounds, and um, he's seventeen two maybe. <laughs> yeah, and he's lanky, so he looks very long and tall. That's a lot of. I'm I'm five three, and I've you know
0: I think my personal horse is seventeen something hands, and I know sometimes yeah. I struggle. I can only imagine, you know, being your size and having that much power too. Like the
1: power is so such a big deal. I'll tell you, my secret weapon is (laughs) a a lot of saddle soap and sticky spray. (laughs) I had a and a seatbelt if you can. Seatbelt.
0: Yeah, I had a feeling you might say that because I remember having friends who would always be like, I have to put the sticky spray on my saddle. Yes. You don't understand. I will not stay on through
1: this course. So, <laughs> that's funny that you said <laughs> I don't use it at home because he, you know, doesn't jump quite like that at home because he's not as spooky, but, and, and he's spooky in a good way, not like us, you know. He's not gonna go or you know knock things down like he's spooky in a sense of like whatever's down there i'm not going near it so he'll jump it two three feet over the actual height and i i swear sometimes i see like the moon i'm like okay we gotta come back down to earth
0: <laughs> hey like you said that is not necessarily a
1: bad thing to have
0: yes yes Especially in the jumpers. I'd rather have something yes. jumping up than like clobbering them. Yes.
1: Yeah. it You know, and at that height too, it's like you're really riding up to something of quality and you oh, yeah. want them to jump, you know, in top form to that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. None of this little like hanging one foot or anything. That could be a big yes. deal.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So what made you decide to base your location out of Ocala? I, we've had... You know, I'm up in Georgia and everything, and I swear that even we have had barns around here going down to Ocala for, you know, the winter circuits or even places buying barns. So, what made you decide to
1: base your location out of there? You know, Ocala is a growing community and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Business is going to get bigger and bigger. And from my experience, when I, before I started importing, I shopped in the U.S. and I really would just fly to Ocala and bounce around show barn or sale barns, I should say, Mm -hmm. and try horses for like my own inventory. And um, I started to realize, you know, a lot of people are flying there just to try horses. It's a one-stop shop. It's easy. You know, it it does get hard in a sense, you know, you're showing a horse and then they're going to the barn next door and trying another, but, you know, it's easier to sell something where everyone's going for a one-stop shop, say they're in California and they're going to Ocala to like 10 barns versus they're going to Ocala to 10 barns and then your horse is all the way in Chicago. you know, it's just a lot easier for people and a lot more access. So I really decided really in my head after COVID to relocate because the Chicago, I'm from Chicago. So the Chicagoland area was shutting everything down, they wanted to close the barns down. Yes. And I, I'm going to out myself here. I didn't. I'm not going to tell my clients that you can't come see your animal that you pay for. Oh yeah. It's your pet primarily. And you know, an athlete, it needs to be taken care of. And at the time I wasn't a full service barn. Um, I did full care, but I wasn't going to wrap. I was, I'm a one woman show. So I'm not going to wrap your horse, ice them, jump them. I didn't have a lot of time for that because I also have my class A CDL and I drive. I drove a semi part-time. So I really didn't have all of that time like I do now. Um, there also wasn't much money up there to be made as a young professional. Um, it's kind of a dog eat dog world up there. Um, yes. You know, when you come from a family, a long line of riders, I don't come from that. so. I had to really work hard, and improve myself as a rider and a professional, um, daily. And it got really exhausting competing for clients. I had great clients and that's all I did up there. And I really wanted to sell. So that's why I moved down there. I needed a change. I've always loved Ocala. And honestly, the summer isn't bad down there. Like everybody <laughs> thinks it is. I, I love it. I'd rather be sweating then have numb fingers and toes and breaking oh, yeah. ice troughs out yes. in the pasture. So
0: I am the exact same way. Like it's – I think the last couple of weeks here in Georgia have been like in the 80s or whatever and maybe even getting close to like low 90s. And to me, I'm like, you know, I'll ride in the morning. I get yeah. all of my like, you know, really whatever heavy or crazy stuff done in the morning and then by the afternoon when it's super hot. I don't worry about it. But this morning it was like 52 degrees when I woke up and I'm not ready for winter
1: time. (laughs) I know it's brutal. I'm going to enjoy a break, but it's, I don't, I don't mind it too much, but definitely 50 degrees. Like even in Traverse, I was walking around downtown in like a North face winter puffy jacket to my ankles. I'm in a store and the guy's like, I had to look outside to see if it was snowing when I saw you walk in. I'm like, look, I'm from Florida and this is really cold. <laughs> yes. No, it is. And I'm the exact same
0: way. Like my clients love to pick on me and ask me how many jackets am I wearing? <laughs> like, yes. I look like that kid from I think the Christmas story or something is just getting yeah. wrapped up in jackets. Like that's yes. me. <laughs> so I me get too. it. And you, you were totally right, though, about the whole, you know, shopping in Ocala. I think I went horse shopping two years ago or something and it is like I went down for maybe one full day um and I think a day and a half somewhere else but you know when I went there I was able to sit on almost 20 horses so definitely if you're a sales barn like you
1: are that's perfect for you I mean there's just so much traffic so much right I was just gonna say you know it it there is a lot of barns to go down there too but in my opinion, what's going to win it is the hospitality of your farm, welcoming yes. these shoppers, having the horses ready for them to go. And, you know, I, I like to bring that small town feel when they come to my farm. I don't want it to seem like a giant operation and you're just another person shopping. Um, I try to make it very personable and um, kind of just be myself and be really honest about the horses. Because like I said before, it, it has to be the perfect match. And I honestly won't sell if it's not.
0: Wow. Yeah, and that's that's something that's also hard to find, I think, in the horse industry. Some people are just, you know, trying to push out as many horses as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, because, you know, I know that you're based there all year, do you have more people in the wintertime coming to try horses in
1: the summer? I would assume so, but. Yeah, winter's definitely really busy. Um, you'll get multiple people a week. You'll, you'll bring them to the show for people to try. It's just easier. And especially mm-hmm. people that come down for the winter, they're not going to come down in the summer to try a horse. No. <laughs> they know they're coming in the winter. They're not going to make two trips. You know, if the horse is there still, great. If the horse isn't, there's, like you said, 20 more to try. Yeah. So um, there's always going to be another horse um, unless they absolutely fall in love. I have some people fly out you know, every so often to come try horses, you know, but it's definitely not as busy in the summer, which is fine because it really gives, you know, for me having young horses, maybe not comparable to people that, you know, sell whatever comes in their barn. Mm -hmm. Um, it gives the horses a chance to just produce a little bit and grow up before people come to try in the winter.
0: Yes. And I think that's, you know, like you said, you have to have some time to train them, right? And if you're constantly showing, yeah. then you constantly have people coming out. It's hard to find that, you know, fine little balance. So, all right. So the next thing I'm going to ask you is just these couple quick questions. So out of all of your horses that you've had or what you actually have in your barn currently, what is your favorite horse to ride?
1: That was a really hard one because <laughs> I, have a, I have a really, really good group right now. And I know people would probably predict that I would say Petrie, my fake news horse. Mm -hmm. But my favorite is my sushi mare. She's my only mare in the barn. She is my exact ride. Um, She's taken a little bit to produce. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's just so small. She's like, maybe 16 hands. I haven't really sticked her. And she's like a little blimp. But she's spicy she has a really great jump technique and it just every day you sit on her is the same thing there's never a bad day she's never naughty she really loves her job loves to jump so it just I if I'm having a bad day and I sit on her I just know that the ride's gonna go smooth it's the same thing and she's gonna you know make my bad day a little bit better
0: Well, and those horses are so hard to find. So I feel like when you have them, you just like want to
1: keep them. (laughs) She's not for sale. So (laughs) I get to enjoy her. And definitely I, you know, I'd lease her out to go do like the point ninety and under Mm -hmm. job just for someone that wants to zip around and win. But my family and I have just fallen in love with her so much. And she's just so easy that, you know, I don't really want to get rid of her.
0: Hey, and I feel like that's, you know, when you have so many sales horses coming through, like I said, you have that one that you just never want to let go. And so
1: I yes. think it's nice
0: to also have personal horses too. I don't think yes, people realize absolutely. that when you have all those sales horses, sometimes, like you said, it's just nice to have something that's reliable, that's yours, yes. and you can just kind of take a breath and, you know, have an easy time with them. So, For sure, definitely. So I know that you've had, you know, a big career and everything and I know you were just up at um young jumper championships and everything. So what is your biggest accomplishment
1: during your riding career? I'd have to say um you know, a couple of years ago I had a horse that was from France. Um I had him up in Chicago. We bought him in Ocala or not Ocala, um Port Orange, um Florida. Uh, We brought him up to Chicago as a four-year-old and I sold him as a seven-year-old. That was a horse of a lifetime that I brought along. Um, We were schooling a meter 40 at home. He could pack around an up-downer at four. He could pack an up-downer. He had the best brain. I brought him along. I jumped through the meter 20 with him and I'd have to say selling him was probably my biggest accomplishment um, as far as price, obviously. And also, the girl that owns him now is incredible. She jumps like the three-foot or three-foot-three AOs, um, does the hunter job, she's in love with him, and, and keeps me updated all the time on him. And I know that doesn't seem like a huge riding accomplishment, but that placing that horse in that home and the experience he's given me because I'm not much of a hunter rider. Um, I like to ride the hunters when it comes to competing. That horse taught me a lot in the hunter ring. Um, you know, we placed pretty well in the national derbies and that was, you know, an accomplishment in itself and experience that I really never experienced because I've never really done the hunters. So I really liked that horse a lot.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, hunters and jumpers, it's different, right? I mean, especially in the showing world, it's like every teeny little mistake in the hunters is such a big deal, especially if you're doing, like you said, the national derbies. It's totally different. Yes. Would you say, now maybe this one or maybe something else, what memory sticks out to you most in your riding career?
1: Ah, that was a hard one. (laughs) It was. Um, so my trainer is still back in Chicago. She's also a good friend of mine. Uh, years ago, she had actually offered me to show a sail horse of hers at the world equestrian center in Ohio. Okay. That was my first time ever being there. And like I said before, I didn't come from a long family of riders. So everything I've done has been on my own. Um, so I didn't do a lot of traveling to show venues because I, at a young age, I was 18, I got my first farm. I was busy there, busy with clients. So I didn't really get to do a lot of personal growth as far as traveling to shows. And she gave me that opportunity and it, it opened up every single door for me to explore more facilities, more horses, more options, you know. That was a really big memory, a core memory of mine, um, and probably my favorite for sure. Yeah, I
0: totally get it. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Um, we opened up our barn. We built it during COVID, uh, let's see, last year. So I was 20, and I started training or having clients, you know, everything at 18, and it is true. I don't think people realize when you have a barn that young or you start getting clients that young that you kind of get put on the side
1: like you know oh
0: yes get to show as much you don't get to ride as much because you know your main focus is your clients but it definitely like you almost sit back and you know you you help your clients reach their dreams but then your dreams kind of get pushed a little bit to the side
1: yeah and you know I 100% agree with that and a little bit of advice just for anybody that's a young professional coming up, you don't have to come from a long line of family riders to make it. And it's really just gonna benefit you in the end having to work for it. Because there are a lot of riders that are upper level that have come from families like that, that really haven't had to go through the struggles and the footsteps that we have had to. And everyone's time is going to come When they need to make it. And honestly, Mm -hmm. like I said before, there is a place for every professional trainer and rider. There's a Grand Prix rider that rides several pre horses on a Saturday night, but they couldn't have gotten there without their up down trainer years ago. You have a place in this industry. It may not be on that side, it may not be on that side, it might be somewhere in the middle, but your dreams will make it. And honestly, everyone's on their own timeline it'll come when your time is supposed to be so
0: yes no I agree I'm kind of I'm not the most patient individual in the world (laughs) I wish I was more patient and sometimes I'm like man I really want to be going out there to like a shows and you know going and do my national derbies with my horses and all that type stuff but it's the same thing like you said like things happen at the right time for the right reason for sure sometimes you like sit there and you're like why did that happen or like this was supposed to be my year and all this type stuff but you know sometimes then a couple months down the road then you're like okay well you know it kind of worked out in the end
1: you know right and that that is the biggest thing too and people need to just remind themselves and know it's hard to get in your head but you just got to remind yourself that you're going to make it in your own time yes definitely So the
0: last question I have for you, and I think this could be, you know, it can be a hard one, maybe not, maybe not compared to the (laughs) others, (laughs) but where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you see yourself, like, I don't know, still in Ocala? Do you see yourself still doing all these young horses or maybe spending more time on your showing? I mean, where do you see yourself in 10 years?
1: So I think, you know, I took a little bit of time to think about this because, I try to do like a five and 10 year goal just mentally. Um, And I think by then I will like to have a family or may have a family by then. Um, So I'll probably step away from the sales so much and kind of, you know, focus on the clients that I have or will have um, and my personal horses and personal growth. Um I would eventually like to bring something along to the grand prix level which I'm currently in the process with. Um if I still have that horse in 10 mm-hmm. years, <laughs> might have something else, I don't know, I can't predict that, but I um I eventually would like to get to that grand prix level but you know, I can't go buy a grand prix horse today. I have to make it and that's, you know, puts that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in the middle of, you know, the trainers and stuff. I have to produce what's going to be mine and work for it really hard. So, and then, um, just really maintaining my facility. It's growing, it's getting bigger. And I think I'll be probably still in Ocala doing that and just enjoying a family and enjoying, you know, my own riding and stuff. Yes. And, you know, it's,
0: I sometimes think about myself like in 10 years like where I want to be and I'm like I would love to be in a position where you know like you said earlier you're a one-person show I'd love to have like maybe in 10 years some help yes (laughs) yes definitely so then you can just be like okay I can kind of take a day off every once in a while maybe a day off in 10 years you don't know (laughs) right maybe in 10 years I'll have a break exactly go on vacation or something you know wow yes yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, especially since you are the first one to come on it I was super nervous (laughs) super hoping everything would work out um but I hope you enjoyed you know this conversation and everything and I think that everyone listening will also really enjoy this I did too you know I think I can really connect to you as being a young professional, you know, so I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. I, I thank you for reaching out and, and having me on it because, you know, even though some of these questions were personal to just, you know, my riding career, I feel like we touched a lot of topics that, you know, can help boost another young professional's confidence and, or give some advice on, you know, buying horses and selling them to people. So I feel like it really, reached a broad spectrum of topics and um i really hope this podcast continues to grow and yeah i I, you know i'm all for hyping people up in the industry or whatever they want to do and pursue um i really hope this grows for you and becomes a bigger thing thank you so much i hope
0: you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast huge thank you to Madison again for being willing to take some time out of her schedule and come and talk to me. If you guys enjoyed the episode, make certain to leave a comment and review it and everything on the podcast store and like it and that way people will be able to see it and hopefully the podcast will just continue to grow. And the question that is on everyone's mind, where will the traveling pony be next?